Welcome to Unsupervised Learning, a security, AI, and meaning-focused podcast that looks at how best to thrive as humans in a post-AI world. It combines original ideas, analysis, and mental models to bring not just the news, but why it matters and how to respond. All right, welcome to Unsupervised Learning. This is Danny Meisler. All right, what do we got here? All right, bit of a shorter show this week, although it ended up being, I guess, average size. Got the holiday coming up, and there's no show next week, just as a reminder. And I've somehow been busier than ever. I don't know. It's been really exciting the last few weeks. The response to the augmented AI course has been extraordinary. Got tons of people signing up and going to be announcing that date soon. I'm thinking it's going to be a Saturday. It is a live course. These are some of the questions that are coming in. It's going to be a live course. It's not going to be recorded, or at least the recording is not going to be released. I'll probably record it from my own uh, internal stuff. I might release a transcript to the attendees, but it's not like an on-demand course. The other big thing is I've been working on my Vim config and I've been going crazy with this thing. So I've watched like another probably dozen hours of video, uh, some old videos, some new videos, and I basically restarted my entire Vim config. Uh, and this is NeoVim, of course, that that's what everyone's using for Vim, but Basically, um, I switched over to the LazyVim distro, uh, which is an unfortunate name. I actually avoided it for like a year or two because I don't like the idea of a, anything lazy. <laughs> uh, and to me, the concept of a lazy distro indicates that you don't want to do the work or whatever. So the reason to adopt it, first of all, it's created by Volky, which is like, he's like the sickest, one of the sickest Vim guys. And he just makes the coolest stuff. Uh, including Tokyo Night, which is my theme for Vim, my favorite theme for Vim. Uh, or my favorite theme for, uh, yeah, Vim, but also um, for my ZSH and Terminal theme. Basically, uh, everything I try to do everything with like Tokyo Night as much as possible. But anyway, he created a plugin manager called Lazy, which is better than all the other previous ones that I've used. And for that's for one main reason. Uh, in previous ones, you have to basically... Uh, add a line to your config of where, oh, and why do people say config? I, I, I call it a config, not a config. Am I supposed to switch? Like what, what is going on here? Uh, that seems to be the situation, but anyway, in order to make it work, you have to add a line to your plugin config, and then you have to go to a separate location and then you, um, do the config for that actual plugin. So that's two places. But then you have to do a plug update. Um, and this is for most of the plugin. Um, at, that's Vimplug, I think, is, is the name of that plugin manager that does that. You do like a plug update on the command line within Vim. And then now you're updating according to those settings and that line that's in, in the plugin file. So that's three things that you have to do. Well, what Lazy does, first of all, it's got its own sick, like separate interface. It's just gorgeous. Um, but anyway, what, what you do is you just add one single file into the plugins directory and that file both instantiates the name of the plugin, but also it's where you set your settings. And the moment you are, the moment you drop that file in there, it gets parsed, it gets parsed live. Right. So, um, I usually still either source it or I exit out and come back in. I, I think it's good practice, but, um, when you log in at any given moment, you get like this little, uh, not login, but when you open NeoVim, it gives you like these really sexy, like pop-up messages that tell you, Hey, you've got plugins that are out of date. 
You do command L for lazy. Then you do uh, U or capital U for update. And you're switching through this tabs in the lazy interface and it just updates all your plugins right there. And it's been extremely stable. That, that's the main reason I'm actually switching uh, to lazy. Oh, and by the way, it, it's a lazy distro as well. So it's called lazy Vim, uh, which obviously uses the lazy plugin manager, but those are two separate things. So it has just been extraordinary. It's basically like the cleanest, like performance. It's fast. It's really good looking. It's stable. It keeps everything up to date. It's actually simpler to use. And then on top of that, I went and I decided that I, there were some config, uh, options inside of my, uh, config settings and my key maps or my options and my key maps. And that, that I couldn't quite remember why I put them there, even though they were commented, I was like, where did I get this from? So I did something drastic this year. I deleted everything. I cleaned it all out. And then I one by one went and watched a million different videos of like all the best, uh, configs and like the best options and what the new hotness is or whatever. And I ended up adding back like probably 60% of the stuff that I had before. Um, I don't know, maybe like 40%. I, I feel like I ended up with a much smaller config at the end, but the bottom line is I only added and I manually typed them out. Um, only a very few, I actually pasted in cause they were so long and crazy, but in generally I manually typed them out and did my own comments on them. So I'm not, you know, taking things blindly from another place, which, um, I, I kind of stopped doing that years ago, but even the ones that I had added from before, I wasn't quite sure why I added them or what exactly they did for me. Um, I don't know why this podcast is suddenly about NeoVim, but, um, <laughs> whatever. Um, so the bottom line is I ended up with very clean configs and very clean, um, maps. Um, so my options and my key maps are now super, super clean. I added a, a couple of things. And I also, for the first time ever, I published my dot files. So they're now on GitHub, uh, which is Daniel Meisler slash dot files. Yeah. So it's GitHub, Daniel Meisler GitHub or github.com slash Daniel Meisler slash dot files. Yeah. That's how the internet works. And, uh, yeah, you can go and you can see the couldn't fix. And what's really cool is you can actually take that NVIM directory and just drop it right in. Like you want to be careful, obviously, uh, back yours up before you do this, but you could just drop it in. And when you open uh, Vim, it'll just start doing its update thing. And of course you want to go read some docs. And I, I don't generally recommend this because you are still going to be lost because I've got my own special config. It's not just a, a base, uh, lazy Vim thing. It's got all my, you know, personal settings and you, you want to make them personal to yourself. But the point is you could just drag and drop it and it would actually work. So yeah, evidently this is the Vim podcast, but, uh, I think I'm done talking about that. Bottom line. I, I am so happy about this. Like I just love doing it. It's kind of like spring cleaning, but I tend to do it at the end of the year, right during this break time. And uh, yeah, I've got a brand new, um, Vim setup. Oh, I also modified a theme and created my own theme for ZSH. So I've got my own, uh, terminal refresh and I kind of refreshed a bunch of terminal settings. I actually added the status bar to the top of the of terminal, which is iTerm2. And, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I think it's really sexy looking. It's, um, it's fast. I, I just, I just love it. It gives me a very sort of happy, positive feeling like heading into the year to do this. And 
I've got an image of it in the newsletter. Uh, yeah, at, at the top of the post where I talk about this. So that is Vim. Uh, next piece, I uh, got a couple of pieces of content I made this week. One is called Purposelessness, Not Social Media is Making Our Kids Depressed. Uh, a lot of people are really liking this essay. Uh, the basic premise is that social media is just bombarding you with things that you should be and that kids aren't really sure what they should be and their voice telling them what they should be is very quiet. So it's destructive to them when they're receiving all these signals telling them what they should be. Oh, they should be an influencer. Oh, they should be a YouTuber. Oh, they should be famous, tall, skinny, beautiful, whatever. Right. So they, they're not really sure what they should be or, you know, what they should become or what direction to go in. And then a lot of parents are telling their kids, Hey, you can be anything. Hey, don't worry about it. You can be anything. And they're not really being guided the way that I think kids used to be, where it was like, Hey, you're going to be an electrician. You're going to be a plumber. You're going to be an accountant, you're going to be a doctor. And they're kind of told from the very beginning. So they're getting this strong signal from the parent. Um, and then if they have a quiet signal that's inside of them, they're able to listen to it because it's not being drowned out by social media. So I, I think the bottom line is people have, kids are not getting the same signal from their parents of what they should be. And their quiet signal that comes from the inside is getting drowned out by the signals coming from social media. And the result is they don't know why they're on the planet. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing. They don't have an urge or a tendency to head in any direction because they're being pulled in so many directions. And the result is they end up getting through their teens and they have no idea who they are. They have no identity, no direction, no purpose. And I think this is way worse. This, this is what causes, in my opinion, depression. And Viktor Frankl's been talking about this forever. This is why he invented logotherapy. And logo is like purpose or direction. So anyway, that's the first one. Second one is the UL character sheet, my new essay in D&D model for showing how talent and luck matter far less than discipline. So this is basically like a, a character sheet that I made, a little mock-up thing. And it's like discipline is the primary stat. And then talent and luck are secondary stats, but discipline is the most important. And really important for this is that discipline modifies luck. So if you have a higher than five discipline, you add plus one to your luck for every point of discipline above five, but you also subtract for every point of discipline below five. So you subtract that from luck. So you roll a seven on luck. You're like really lucky, whatever, rich family, uh, whatever it is. <clears throat> right. And, or you just happen to live like down the street from a billionaire or whatever, you're going to get all these opportunities, but your discipline is low. So that seven, uh, you've got like a two discipline. So that's a minus three. So now you're at four. So you're less than average luck. And the way the calculation works is it's talent plus discipline multiplied against luck plus discipline. So discipline, first of all, counts twice, but the luck one is modified by discipline. So it's almost like discipline is counting three times. And then the other factor is talent. And the whole model is designed to illustrate in this kind of pseudo mathy way that talent is important, but not nearly as much as discipline. So that's that post. And, uh, I updated the, um, 
the call out here for the for the course. Again, it's four ninety five for everyone. It's four forty five for you all subscribers, and it's two ninety five, two hundred dollars off for you all members. So you could actually go and sign up, become a member for ninety nine dollars, and then still get a hundred dollar discount on the course. And the course is going to be absolutely sick. I, I honestly think it's worth, uh, I don't know, between like two and $5,000. No joke. That's how much I would pay for this course. And, uh, if you pay full price, it's only four ninety five. And if you become a member, which you probably should anyway, it's only two ninety five. So uh, tons of people have brought this up. Like you should be charging more, whatever. Maybe next time. All right. Security. Ubiquity customers are reporting access to other people's unified devices and getting their notifications. Uh, so basically, yeah, cross-pollination. This is never a good thing. Channel One is a new TV channel launching in LA in 2024. It's going to use AI-generated news anchors for the first time. I don't know how this is going to fly. Uh, yeah, it, to me, it's probably going to be like a Polar Express, Tom Hanks, like Uncanny Valley type situation. And... I don't know. It, who knows? I haven't seen it. it how, how can I possibly know? Maybe it looks absolutely perfect. Maybe the drive for people to get real-time news is more important than how it looks. Um, I've been watching some table tennis content and actually I, be <laughs> I believe they're AI narrated. So it's a game and somehow they're chopping everything up. Um, we, we've seen a few demos of this in AI. They're chopping everything up and the narrator, I'm pretty sure that's an AI narrator. And guess what? You can actually put out way more content now because all you need is the video and then you just narrate over the top of it. So, uh, in some sense, it's going to be better for TV because you're going to have more live content without having to pay all the people. But, um, that's obviously also the downside at the same time. Discord just rolled out WebAuthn for MFA. So update them if you got them. Utah Supreme Court just ruled that suspects don't have to give up their phone passcodes to the police. And this case actually involved a kidnapping, so I see this going to the Supreme Court probably. Maersk and Hapag Lloyd are halting Red Sea transits due to increased missile and drone attacks. And it's not just them. There's a bunch of people who are basically saying, we can't go through there because of all this uh, violence and uh, war stuff going on. And evidently this is going to affect the supply chain. Couple of incidents. INL had over four hundred no forty five thousand people's personal info stolen from the Idaho National Laboratory, and uh, INL and federal agencies are investigating. And MongoDB announced an incident exposing some customer details, but supposedly not data stored in MongoDB. Technology OpenAI released its own prompting guide. It's got some really cool. Uh, prescriptive things in here. Uh, first one is include details in your query to get more relevant answers. Ask the model to adopt a persona. Use delimiters to clearly indicate distinct parts of the input. Specify the steps required to complete a task. Provide examples and specify the target length of the output. So those are all very tangible. I actually don't do the last one. I, I do all the other ones. But that last one is interesting. I, I might want to modify some things. I had a cool idea, uh, which I might talk about in the class, which is what if you had a, uh, meta prompt area where when you, uh, when you get new data about 
an awesome new prompt, you modify it only once there and that propagates to all your other prompts. So you basically have like this include section, which is the top level of your um, system prompt. I, I think I'm absolutely going to do this. In fact, I might do this today. That way you can update once for new prompting techniques and then instantly change all your other ones. Now you wouldn't want to do this in a production situation because you know, you're editing on the fly and something that looks like it might improve. It, that's an experiment and it might actually break some things and change the output. So you got to be careful with this, obviously. Eliezer Yudkowsky uh, tells an AI to create a normal image. And then whenever it, whatever it gives back to him, he basically says, no, that's not normal enough. Make it more normal. And he does this for probably like, I don't know, 20, 30, 50, a hundred different iterations. He just keeps saying, no, nope, not normal enough. I need extra normal. And he's like maximum normal. I need super nuclear normal. And by the end of this thing, it is making the most insane looking shit you've ever seen. It is unbelievably like strange looking. Like psychedelic really is what it starts to look like, like LSD type stuff. And then he's like, nope, not normal enough. Get more normal. <laughs> anyway, really entertaining. Um, also, what it thinks is normal is also quite a interesting uh, along the way so worth worth taking a look at the thread uh facebook's being swarmed by fake social media photos that people think are real which we all knew this was coming but this is a really cool example here um it's basically someone who has like a dog but it's actually like an ai generated dog it's not a real dog but different iterations of it make it look more real versus look more like a like a wood sculpture anyway you should check it out it's kind of cool Apple's already working on a two nanometer chip for 2025 and TSMC is like, I don't know, they're kind of hinting at one nanometer and which is why once you get all your Apple gear to Apple Silicon, don't worry about upgrading every year or even honestly every two years because the jumps are just going to get really big. I mean, they're already really big, but they're not mind altering. Like if you have an M1 MacBook Pro and you compare that to an M3 MacBook Pro, they're not that different, right? The biggest jump is from anything before the M1 and then to the M1. OpenAI is putting more emphasis on its super alignment research team run by Ilya Sutskever, who is, uh, I don't know, a lot of people say he's the, the head of uh, trying to get rid of Sam, but they're all buddies. So I, I'm not sure how true that is. And uh, either way, it was pretty obvious along the way that he was trying to do the right thing. So whatever. He's still leading the team and, and uh, evidently doing some good work over there. And OpenAI just cut off ByteDance for training a rival AI using GPT-4. Why do they keep stealing? And don't they know, like, OpenAI has logs? Uh, GM just dumped Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, claiming that they're not safe because people might look at them when they're driving. It's like, well, they're going to look at the GM one, too. It's just going to suck when they do. Humans. ProPublica did an investigation on the NYPD's use of body cams, and it showed that despite like all the money they spent on the cameras and you know all the effort they put into it, they're still finding ways to not turn over the footage when it's asked for, which means it's undermining the entire purpose of the program. The Pope has approved priests to bless same-sex marriages. Solar and wind energy are going to surpass coal in the U.S. Uh, for the first time since. Uh, no, in 2024. 
So 2024 is going to be the first year. Netflix's recent viewership data reveals a strong contrast between the shows people discuss online and the ones they actually watch. So evidently the show Ginny and Georgia is in the top 10 most viewed, but like they're not being talked about. Whereas the Witcher is being talked about all the time, but doesn't have nearly the stats of like this Ginny and Georgia. And this reminds me of the book, Everybody Lies about Google search query analysis. Absolutely. You need to go read this. It's like, you want to know what someone actually believes about the world? Look at their search history. Right. And this is kind of like that. It's like, look at what they're watching, not what they talk about. U.S. Steel used to be a total behemoth, and now it's selling to Nippon Steel in Japan. And TikTok's car confessionals are becoming the new short-form video blogging. So it's people like Cheryl Porter and Keith Lee. And uh, they're basically, they're sitting in a car and they kind of look at the camera and they talk, right? And uh, the trick here is authenticity. I, I think the car sitting makes it just feel more intimate. I think both for the viewer and for the creator. Anyway, it's a good vibe. I've enjoyed it on TikTok. Costco is selling gold bars online. And as soon as they go up, they sell out. I think they're like, two. it's only like $50 more than the actual raw price of the gold. So it's like $2,600 or I can't remember the actual price, but something like that. And uh, it, for an ounce of gold. And it's like these thick bars out, out of South Africa. I need to get me a few. Ideas and analysis, RPG literature and the connection to grinding. So I've been reading a genre called RPG lit for a few years and just realized the connection with the discipline post that I just wrote. So I'm starting the second book in this Primal Hunter series and I'm enjoying it probably more than I should be. Actually, I'm often confused whether or not I'm actually enjoying the genre or not, but I definitely am sometimes. Uh, and, and I can't tell if I'm wasting my time or actually having fun or relieving stress when I'm reading one of these books. but. I think I finally isolated what's going on here. It's basically an entire genre about self-improvement. It's got clear stats, clear skills, clear like climbing and ascension and clear progress, right? So it's basically a proxy for like life grinding. It's like erotica for D&D minded self-improvement nerds. Uh, anyway, so if any of that appeals to you, you should check out this genre. It's called RPG lit. Some people call it like lit RPG. Lit stands for literature literature, RPG or RPG literature. And I'm not sure what the best stuff is, but uh, fellow ULer Joseph Thacker and I are all about this uh, cradle series and the first uh, primal hunter book I've got a link to. And the first cradle book I've got a link to notes. I uh, talked about the Vim stuff. Uh, extremely excited for 2024. Lots of energy heading into Christmas. Honestly, I'm really looking forward to January. And as I wrote that, I realized it's now been one year since going independent. And I hadn't really thought about that, but I think we can call this an unambiguous success. I've never felt more free or more creative in my entire life. And this is why I keep telling everyone they need to make this jump. Uh, not people starting out. I don't tell them that obviously, but people who have been in their careers for a long time and they're getting tired of working at these companies who ultimately don't really care about them. I, I keep encouraging them to go independent or have sort of some sort of hybrid. And I want to say thank you to all of you who are listening and reading the newsletter and engaging with all the content. I would still be doing this if nobody was listening and I was just like yelling into a, an abyss. But the fact that you are listening makes it possible to do this for a living. And I truly, truly appreciate you.
Discovery, micro-agents, Python-based agents that evolve to answer queries and improve over time. And they write their own Python code to do this. This is super cool. Kelly Shortridge argues that cybersecurity isn't special and we tend to exaggerate our challenges compared to other departments. Spicy. The lever, yeah, lever prompting technique gives it levels and tells, oh yeah. So you basically give the thing levels of like one to 10 on creativity or one to 10 on formality. And then you tell it to move up or down the levels. I've not messed with this one yet. I'm gonna give it a try. My buddy Gunnar Andrews posted a new video on building bug bounty automation. Nmap peak, easily view Nmap scan results in VS code. I prefer NVim, but okay. I say NVim, I always say NVim. That's the actual command, uh, NeoVim. But I actually just say Vim and just assume everyone knows it's NeoVim these days. StemGen, a new end-to-end -end music creation model. It's got some cool demos. Belay is a service that offers a modern twist on the traditional executive assistant by providing US-based virtual assistants and accounting professionals. Sounds like an ad, doesn't it? Definitely sounds like an ad. It's not an ad. I would know because they'd be paying me, but yeah, that's not an ad. But some of these things are cool, so I just shout them out because they're cool. Incogni, this one sounds like an ad too. Actively seeks out and removes your sensitive information from the web. I assume that's a paid service. Incogni. I used a similar one I linked to a long time ago. SQL Polyglot, a tool to help you write SQL queries that work across different databases. B Family, a modern AI-powered family organization tool designed to simplify life management. That one sounds like an ad too. Um, I'll tell you what I'm doing here. These are links that are coming from other uh, newsletters. <laughs> so I'm parsing AI newsletters and pulling out the cool links and companies that they find. Um, and this is dropping into my capture workflow. And that's how I'm finding these cool things. Um, and that's why when I talk about them, they sound like ads because it's referring to like a service that exists. But um, that will be in the class. How I'm doing that will also be in the class, the augmented class. The Munger operating system, uh, basically all about aligning your actions with the value that you want to create. Improvements since the 90s, The Verge's favorite books from 2023. Oh, I have to read this one again. I close that tab. Opening new tab. Uh, engaging OKR check-ins with hill charts. Taylor Swift's era concert tour is now on Apple TV. You should check that out. And by the way, her tour just hit a billion dollars. I think that was in last week's show or the one before. Stock funds managed by less attractive individuals beat those managed by their better looking counterparts by a solid 2%. I saw this one anecdote. It was like, hey, um, if you see someone like dressed perfectly with a Rolex and like a perfect smile and they give you like finger guns, like don't invest with that guy. That's not the guy. Go find the, uh, the dumpy, um, looking like IBM, like <laughs> he's got a suitcase, like sh shirts, like out, it's got a stain on it. That's the guy you want. Uh, where are we at on being wrong about AI? This is a really cool, uh, little essay here and ask HN, which is hacker news terrified. I won't find another job recommendation of the week. No matter how much family and or in-laws can annoy you with politics or whatever they do that, that annoys you, criticism, put your mind years or decades in the future 
when that person will not be there. Find something to appreciate, something to agree on, and just try to be present. Try to enjoy that time somehow, if you can. Not saying it's always possible, but try. And the aphorism of the week, in the depth of winter, I finally learned that within me, there lay an invincible summer. In the depth of winter, I finally learned that within me, there lay an invincible summer. Albert Camus. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a Neumann U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com newsletter. We'll see you next time.